0: I'm Cesar Rubio, five-time past master of Palm Springs Lodge number 693, and this is Masonic Muscle, where we focus on the strongest aspect of Freemasonry, a virtuous education of the mind, fortifying it with wise and serious truths, encouraging all brethren to increase their level of fitness one degree at a time, making exercise and study a cornerstone of your daily routine, because Freemasonry is work. When you put in the work get closer and closer to the point within the circle masonic muscle we give you more light but no light weights. we're here to pump you up body mind and soul welcome back welcome back before we get to today's show i have a real quick favor to ask of you if you've been enjoying the masonic muscle podcast I'd really appreciate if you took one minute to give me a review on either iTunes or Spotify. It helps me out a lot. And if you've done that already, thank you so much. Please consider sharing the show with a friend or family member you think would get something out of it. Word of the mouth is the only primary way Masonic muscle grows and spreads. So please share, text a friend, send out an email, however you communicate, tell them to check it out. Thank you for your continued support, and now on to the show. So, the last show. Oh, hold on. Before I forget, California Masons, you know what time it is. Have you been studying your ciphers? All you officers out there, yeah, you're beginning to relax a little bit. Oh, you know, insulation just happened, and man, I've done my part, so let me just relax a little bit. Negative. Negative. Ghostwriter negative. Because you know as well as I do. All lodges are experiencing this massive explosion of interest. And you guys have been handing out applications. You guys have been going out of your way to show them just how good Freemasonry is. And so these guys are getting ready to get initiated, passed, and raised. So have you been studying your ciphers? Have you been strengthening your memory work. Have you been studying the EA Fellowcraft and Master Mason Study Guides? Have you signed up for the Masters and Wardens retreats for this year, wherever you are, Northern California, Southern California? Have you been digging into the mysterious origins of Masonry? Have you been improving your spiritual, moral, and Masonic trestle boards? Have you stopped making excuses yet? And begin to improve the level of your fitness one degree at a time? Get out there and exercise. Even if you just walk. Just do it, man. Have you improved the quality of your nutrition? If not, why not? When would now be a good time to start this improvement of your body, mind, and soul? When? I don't know. Uh, You tell me. darkness and i just finished another awesome workout here at my house in my personal dungeon and we got at it we got at it with some uh kettlebells uh with some kettlebell squats kettlebell deadlifts and then we did a nice little routine of uh Push-ups and body rows, body weight rows. As we watched the football game, Cowboys versus the Buccaneers. Man, the Buccaneers sucked. Wow, I never seen Tom Brady look so bad. Man, I hope the Raiders don't get him. Raiders are my team. But uh, anyhow, there might be a possibility. But we got at it. We worked hard. We did about 12 sets of push-ups. I don't think darkness has been pushing himself that hard. Darkness, I hope you listen to this. Got to get up off your ass, brother. Push hard or harder than you've been pushing. We've been getting at it. You know, sometimes we need someone to just kick us in the ass and tell us, hey, you're not pushing hard. Come on. What kind of crap is this? And then you go. And push and push hard alright and sometimes you're not gonna feel it sometimes you're just not yeah you just you know the energy isn't there whatever hey man once the blood starts circulating and you start you get that first set in and then the second one you'll feel better but pay attention if you're if you're just your energy levels are just low hey get a good workout You know, but don't do anything stupid and get yourself hurt. But as long as you keep that momentum going, you'll be all right. I'm going to read an article from Bill Hinburn. Yes. Superstrengthtraining.com. If you haven't gone on it, please go on it. and this article is called the exercise you love to hate let's get into it i have noticed a phenomenon regarding the training programs of many seasoned trainees believe it or not as time goes on they begin to do less and less and still get as much or more out of their training this is true i know he's saying i know what he's saying is true because this is what i'm have been experiencing with uh, darkness at night. So he says, let me explain. One pattern that I noticed is the elimination of exercises. Yeah, this is true. We've eliminated all kinds of bullshit. The little arm exercises and all that stuff. So let me see what he has to say. That's right. In some cases, when these trainees were young and fired up, they would tend to fall for the more is better pitfall. They would do as many as 15 or 20 different exercises. I suppose that's okay when you have the out-and-out energy of a blast furnace. But as time goes on, and as you become an intermediary or even advanced trainee, that high number of different exercises will tend to flat out wear you down. Halfway through the exercises, you'll become discouraged. Soon after a close examination, you'll start to eliminate you'll start eliminating some of the redundant exercises from your program. And as years go by, you may even consider an entire exercise session with nothing more than, say, two or three exercises. Boom! What have I been saying? Today, Darkness and I, we did a a routine of just kettlebell squats, kettlebell deadlifts, and then push-ups with body weight rows. He said two or three. We did two or four. That's it. <clears throat> and we feel great after that. While that may sound not sound like enough, it may be plenty if you focus on doing the exercises in strict form and with plenty of resistance. Of the two or three exercises, one of them is usually the old standby. The exercise you love to hate the one that is the basis of ground training, the one that builds total muscular body mass better than any other. What is it? You probably guessed. The squat. If done properly, no other exercise wreaks havoc on the entire body like the squat. You can talk all you want about all the other compound movement type exercises. Nothing. And I mean nothing compares to the squat. Again, if done properly, your body will tell you the next morning that you have hit the mother load regarding results. And I'm not talking about just heavy weight and low reps. Try doing a pulmonary workout with, say, 50 pounds in 10 sets of 20 reps. This will not only work your legs, but will really get the blood flowing and work your chest by increasing your lung capacity. To progress, rather than add weight, consider cutting the time it takes you to complete this exercise. Yes, the squat is a marvelous exercise that should be the very heart of every total body training routine. Boom. There it is. And um, interestingly enough, you know, when I talked to David, aka darkness uh and i asked him about hey you know what would be your your ideal workout routine he always said hey the squat and the bench press like that would be it just work hard on those and he would probably derive the best benefit and we're 50 we just turned 50 last year and we're still going strong and the more I exercise, the more I see that this is the truth. That's why we do Hindu squats or uh, kettlebell squats or trap bar deadlifts because the trap bar deadlift is like a combination of a of a uh, squat lift and even the deadlift, the stiff-legged deadlift is a, you know another variation another variation of a uh, like a squat lift. So there you have it. No excuses. This is what works. Get to it. And you don't have to use weight. You don't have to use weight. All you need is your body weight. and Do the squats. Do a lot of them in numbers. If you don't have any extra weight other than your body weight, and that's it. Today I'm going to talk about different theories on the mysterious origins of Freemasonry. And this comes from a book. It's a very controversial book. It came out, I'm not, man, I should have checked. 20s or 30s? By Nesta Webster. And the book is called Secret Societies and Subversive Movements. Why am I bringing up this book? Because in it, there's a section called Origins of Freemasonry. What? Isn't that what I'm supposed to be focusing on? Yes. Today, we're going to begin to focus in on that and begin to just move in that direction. So check this out. Listen to what she says. This is, I'm not sure if this is chapter 5 or section 5, but this is what she has to say. The origin of Freemasonry, says a Masonic writer of the 18th century, is known to Freemasonry, to Freemasons alone. If this was once the case, It is no longer, for although the question would certainly appear to be one on which the initiated should be most qualified to speak, the fact is that no official theory on the origin of Freemasonry exists. The great mass of the Freemasons do not know or care to know anything about the history of their order, whilst Masonic authorities are entirely disagreed on the matter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This has been my experience, brethren, 21 years going on 22 years. This has been my experience. This is true. Let's see what else she says. Dr. Mackey admits that the origin and source whence first sprang the institution of Freemasonry has given rise to more difference of opinion and discussion among Masonic scholars than any other topic in the literature of the institution. Nor is this ignorance maintained merely in books for the general public, since in those specially addressed to the craft and at discussion in lodges, the same diversity of opinion prevails, and no decisive conclusions appear to be reached. Thus, Mr. Albert Churchward, a Freemason of the 30th degree, oh my, here we go, the 30th degree, so that means he has more knowledge, So if you have 31 degrees, it stands to reason that you would have even more knowledge. But that's a topic for a different discussion, which I don't agree with. Let's continue. A Freemason of the 30th degree who deplores the small amount of interest taken in this matter by Masons in general observes. Hitherto, there have been so many contradictory opinions and theories in the attempt to supply the origin and the reason whence, where, and why the Brotherhood of Freemasonry came into existence, and all the different parts, and various rituals of the different degrees. All that has been written on this has hitherto been theories, without any facts, for their foundation. In the absence, therefore, of any origin universally recognized by the craft, it is surely open to the lay mind to speculate on the matter and to draw conclusions from history as to which of the many explanations put forward seems to supply the key to the mystery. According to the Royal Masonic Cyclopedia, I think we have that cyclopedia at our lodge, but that's a secret between you and me, no less than 12 theories have been advanced. 12 theories, brethren, 12 have been advanced as to the origins of the order namely that masonry derived and here we go brethren 12 theories from the patriarchs 2 from the mysteries of the pagans 3 from the construction of solomon's temple 4 from the crusades 5 from the knights templar 6 from the roman collegia of artificers, not art, artificers I don't know, Artis, Artificers, not artificers. all right? The F is first. Seven, from the operative masons of the Middle Ages. Eight, from the Rosicrucians of the 16th century out of Germany. Nine, from Oliver Cromwell. Ten, from Prince Charles Stuart for political purposes. 11 from Sir Christopher Wren at the building of St. Paul's and 12 from Dr. Desagulier and his friends in 1717. 12 different theories. And then she goes into each one of them in her book. Right after that, she begins to break it down. And it's too much uh, for this podcast episode, but I will begin to review each and every single one of them. So there you have it. Twelve different origins of the mysterious origins of Freemasonry. And she starts out by saying how there's just no consensus. But the key, the key phrase that she said is something that I have experienced and that is very true. And you see this And you begin to surmise this from the different podcasts that are out there and documentaries that they just don't agree. And let me reiterate that sentence. It says, The fact is that no official theory on the origin of Freemasonry exists. The great mass of the Freemasons do not know or care to know anything about the history of the order. Will Masonic authorities are entirely disagreed on the matter. Wow. I don't think she was a Mason. And I think this book was meant to uncover, you know, it's called Secret Societies and Subversive Movements. So obviously it was a, uh, a negative expose on all of Secret Societies and Subversive Movements. But from my experience, this has definitely been the case. The mass of our brothers don't know or care to know anything about the history of their order. And some of the brothers that I have interviewed have flat out said, I don't care about where it came from. What I care about is what we're doing in our lodges. And... Masonic authorities are entirely disagreed on the matter. Um, Except recently there's been a push, just like in the last episode that I put out, that um, they accept the theory, the theory, the transition theory, right? By, who was it? Harry Carr? I believe. Brother Harry Carr, of the Transition Theory, um, that when he wrote it, and it, it because it was published by the Grand Lodge of England, that people just automatically assumed that uh, it was like an accepted fact. And I repeat, it says that uh, Brother Bantham was was writing about his experience that uh, it is unfortunate. Although the book was an official Grand Lodge publication and therefore bore the stamp of authority, the opinions expressed in the articles were those of the individual contributors, not necessarily approved by the Grand Lodge of England. Nevertheless, many brethren have assumed that Brother Carr's account was officially accepted. There you go. Then he goes on to say that other brothers have challenged this theory, but... For whatever reason, this was in 1992 that that was written. Uh, for whatever reason, now we know that the most widely accepted theory is that it evolved out of the guilds of cathedral builders and stonemasons that arose during the Middle Ages. And there you go. There you go. But did you know that there was twelve theories? Up to twelve. There's probably more by now. There's one that I just can't come to mind right now, but it has to do with Italy. I'll dig that up. I'll put it. I'll put it into uh, you know a couple of paragraphs that I can share with you, and and so you can get the gist of it. But there you go. Get to it, brothers. And just like that one series of X-Files, the truth is out there. The truth is out there, brothers. You guys can do your research. Send in your research. Begin to tell me, uh, you know, share with me at MasonicMuscle357 at gmail.com uh, share, with, share with me your, your what you've discovered. And, and let' let's begin to put this puzzle together, and let's begin to understand the mysterious origins of Freemasonry and learn for ourselves what it is. All right? So, get to it, put some work into it and peace out. These strong sessions are calculated to inculcate in the mind of the novitiate the importance of some doing our passions and improving ourselves in masonry feeding the attentive ear with the sound of the instructive tongue endeavoring to add to the common stock of knowledge and understanding effectively spreading the cement of knowledge and wisdom and hopefully some good will towards exercising get out there and get your walking in open up your ciphers study memorize and just do it.